0: Chapter 6.1, studying demand, consumer behavior, choice theory, and marginal utility analysis. Marginal utility analysis looks at marginal utility analysis. How do you move from household demand to total market demand? Answer, you add up all the demands. You start by setting the price and then adding all the quantities, aka summing the demand curves horizontally, which is basically setting it by price because price is on the Y axis. gateman asks why this is the case and the answer is just like a vending machine you see the price first and then john and marta will decide how much they want to buy off of that price. so in summary price is the x variable. say the price of coca-cola is 50 cents john wants to buy q2 of coca-cola and marta wants to buy q3 of coca-cola the sum would be q2 plus q3. critical thinking moment why is it that when big designer brands like louis vuitton or michael Kors jack up the prices that people want to buy more next concept marginal utility theory first let's look at utility let's define it as satisfaction or happiness fulfillment of a want a util is a measure of utility util and in this case we use ordinal measure which is basically saying uh, 10 utils is not times more than one it's just greater than one it's a ranking system so if someone likes coke more than pepsi they won't say i like coke five times more than pepsi the only relevant information here is that they like coke more than pepsi so there is total utility and marginal utility total utility looks at the happiness of consuming all the units of the good and marginal utility looks at the happiness from consuming one additional unit of the good new concept, the law of diminishing marginal utility. It states that marginal utility satisfaction decreases as consumption increases, specifically at a certain point. Let me use an example. So say you buy like eight beers when you have zero beers your total utility is going to be zero your marginal utility is going to be zero when you have one beer your total utility might be like say four that's based off of preferences or as gateman says from your brain and your marginal utility will also be four since it went up by four and so by the time it goes on goes on goes on uh by your seventh beer you're probably pretty wasted and you're probably indifferent if you have it so your total utility might just stay the same at whatever utility it's totally at and your marginal utility will therefore be zero since nothing changed now by the eighth beer you might be like completely sick you don't want to have it your total utility might go down as having that extra one might actually uh, be like a minus one in marginal utility Where do economics and psychology meet? It's the idea that a consumer is willing to give up more for the first beer than they are for the last beer. I also want to talk about the slope of the graph. The moment your marginal utility starts decreasing from the highest marginal utility point, which in the other case was 4, so it starts decreasing to like 3 and then plus 2, plus 2, then plus 1. So at that point... Uh, plus three. That'll be the point where the slope of the tangent starts to decrease, starts to flatten out. Then, when your marginal utility hits zero, that's the slope of the tangent, so it's just a horizontal line. And then, when it starts decreasing to a negative, obviously the graph will indicate that it start to it's starting to point down. You can imagine it as a uh, upward or downwards inflecting parabola. Also, I should mention that the point where the slope starts decreasing, so like marginal utility is no longer 4, it becomes 3, that's called the inflection point. So let's break this down into three stages. At stage 1, your slope of the tangent is going to be positive and you're thinking, hey, it's good. it's been a long time since I had a beer, I'm enjoying it. Stage 2 is when it hits the maximum and your slope starts decreasing. It hasn't gone below the x-axis to become a negative y-value, but at this point you're just thinking, hey, this beer is so-so. Finally, stage 3 is when your value, your x-value, goes below the x-axis and it becomes a negative y-value. And at this point you're thinking, hey, I'm sick of this beer. So keep in mind that the marginal utility... Is the derivative of the total utility. Also keep in mind that the inflection point in the total utility curve is going to be the maximum of the marginal utility curve. Also your marginal utilities added up make the total utility. Now I can't show you this because I'm talking but I would recommend just going on the graph and seeing that for yourself. On the right you'll see that the marginal utilities add up to the current uh, total utility or whatever that'll be. Next concept total utility maximization the idea behind this principle is that consumers generally want to maximize their total utility and how do they do this bear with me because this is a hard concept to explain but basically say you have two goods beer and pizza and you only have ten dollars the consumer is going to want to utilize those ten dollars so that the marginal utility of, of pizza equals the marginal utility of beer. This is known as equating marginals. The formula of this is the marginal utility of X divided by the price equals the marginal utility of Y divided by price per dollar. Now, why is this price per dollar? It's because you can't measure utility from an extra car to utility of an extra Coke. Prices are there as a measure so that the denominators are the same, which is price per dollar. Also, choices are binary, meaning that meaning that it's yes or no. Now we're going to talk about the math associated with marginal utility. It's a bit complicated, so bear with me. The formula is the marginal utility of x over the marginal utility of y equals the price per dollar of x over the price per dollar of y. Now, key point here, if the marginal utilities are not equal to the price per dollar ratio. You are not maximizing the optimal utility. Another way of displaying marginal utility is by drawing a graph. Now imagine a graph with that looks like kind of like a tent but the one side of the tent is higher than the other. The middle represents the y-axis and the bottom represents the x-axis. On one side of the tent you have uh, a product x and then on the other side you have product y and essentially what's going to happen is you're going to draw a horizontal line on the y-axis which displays marginal utility because on the y-axis it'll be marginal utility on the x-axis it'll be quantity and drawing that horizontal line on the marginal utility will make sure that product x and product y have the same marginal utility. One of Gateman's critical thinking moments is to decide what y value to give that horizontal line. Okay, key point here. When you want to find the relation between price and quantity demanded of a of a product, you need to look at the total utilization or total utility uh formula, which is marginal utility of t over marginal utility of y equals price per dollar of t over price per dollar of y. Okay, so now with that formula, say on the right-hand side, the price per dollar goes up, you need to increase the marginal utility as well. And how do you do that? Well, now you look on the graph, and if you want to increase marginal utility, which is on the y-axis, need to decrease the x-axis, go over to the left, so that the downward facing slope uh, will actually hit the top, um, or hit at a higher point, and that way you will increase marginal utility. So in, in summary, when you decrease that quantity on the x-axis, you are increasing the price, which is in the formula pt over py. Simplify things even further. If you want to increase p, uh, the P, and you you got to increase the marginal utility, therefore move the point on the negative slope over to the left at a higher point and your quantity demanded will go down. So price and quantity demanded have an inverse relationship. Our next concept is real income versus nominal income. Starting off with nominal income. Nominal income is the Actual amount of dollars that you have in your wallet. So maybe a hundred dollar bill real income on the other hand is What you can buy with? uh, What you have so say you have 20 bucks your nominal income would be 20 bucks But your real income and say you want to buy 20 cans of coke at one dollar per coke You would have your real income being 20 cans of coke. So it's a thing not the actual dollar sign now, I'm going to give you a somewhat confusing example that Gateman used in his video, and it's about Pockies and uh, his old student Claudia. So, in this scenario, Claudia's uncle gave her an allowance of $10 to use for Pockies. However, when the Pockies uh, price falls to 50 cents, he cuts her allowance to $5. Now, because the price of Pockies went down, in order to maximize, not increase, but maximize her marginal utility, she must buy more Pockies, therefore increasing the quantity demanded. So in summary, Pockies price falls, marginal utility falls, and then quantity of Pockies increases. This illustrates another key concept called the substitution effect, which states that a change in quantity demanded is caused by a relative price change. The substitution effect will always be negative because as price falls, the quantity will increase or as price increases, the quantity will decrease. So it will always be negative. Concept income effect. It's a change in quantity demanded due to a change in real income. So say Claudia now receives her old allowance back, which is about $10. In order to maximize her utility, and if pockies are a normal good, she will want to buy more pockies. And this is essentially one of the ceteris paribus principles, where if you have an income that increases, your demand will increase. But in this case, uh, the quantity will increase. This last scenario is a combination of the two. So say Claudia has a $5 allowance that increases to $10.00 and the price of pockies decreases from $1 to 50 cents. This is a, a combination of the substitution effect where the price decrease, or, or there's a price change, and the income effect where the income changes, and it's uh, these both cause a, a change in quantity. Also, the income and substitution effect combined equal the total effect. Next concept is Income elasticity and price elasticity. First, with income elasticity, it's two goods we've already talked about, which are normal goods and inferior goods, so I won't go over that. But with price elasticity, it's something we haven't covered, and it's one, ordinary goods, where an increase of price equals a decrease in quantity demanded. And a Giffen good, which is very rare, is when an increase in price equals an increase in quantity demanded. And this is related to the infamous D curve, which is uh, positively sloped, so the demand curve is upward uh, facing. Now before I get into an example of Giffen goods with the Irish potato famine in the 1800s, I want to talk about income elasticity. When you have a negative income elasticity of demand slope, it's associated with inferior goods. Meaning an increase in income will lead into a decrease in the quantity demanded. Now, if you have a positive income elasticity slope, um, it's associated with normal goods, where an increase in income will lead to an increase in quantity demanded. Okay, for example, we're gonna use uh, potatoes in Ireland in the 1800s. So it was seen that potatoes were a staple and a large population of Ireland depended on potatoes. So when the price of potatoes increased, the people had less money to spend on uh, on more luxurious goods like mutton and meat and that sort of thing. Therefore, so when potatoes increased and they were buying potatoes anyway, they had to stop buying. Uh, these luxurious goods, like meats and stuff like that. So that's why when an increase in potatoes, uh, increase in price of potatoes went up, the quantity demanded of potatoes also went up, because the money that would have been used to be spent on meat was now being used to be spent on potatoes. Okay, there are two requirements for a given good. One, it must be an inferior good, where your income elasticity is negative, so when you're Income increases, your desire to buy it decreases. The second requirement is that your income effect must offset the substitution effect. Basically, the income effect of your income going down must be greater than the substitution effect of the price going down. Okay, my final notes for this chapter is to review the confusing charts of the given good and the regular ordinary good, uh, I really just don't understand it. I would probably get some help with that because I don't understand any of it. Point here: earlier we talked about Louis Vuitton bags, where they acted as given goods. Now they are called conspicuous consumption goods, and they are examples of upward sloping demand curves, where the substitution effect in this case is positive. Therefore, as the relative price increases, the consumer wants it more. I thought we would get to the reason of this, but turns out there is no very clear reason. Uh, There's the example that happiness is relative, so if you live in a big city, you might really care about impressing people with designer dreams, but if you're a farmer, you probably couldn't give a crap. And there's also passive consumption, which is, I think, the idea that um, where you see other people wear it as well, uh, where d- d- these designer clothings, that makes you want to wear it as well. There's the idea that it's consumerism, that there's immediate gratification, uh, and that sort of thing. Also, I made a mistake. A Giffen good has a substitution effect that's negative, and a conspicuous good has a con- uh, a substitution effect that's positive. For example, in a Giffen good, say you drop the price of, you know, like Pockies, and therefore Claudia is going to want to buy more, so the substitution effect is negative. And with a conspicuous uh, consumption good, where the substitution effect is negative, say you drop the price of a Louis Vuitton bag, now Claudia doesn't want to buy it because she can't show off to her friends anymore. So that's an example of a positive substitution effect.